Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. pleasure to bring you this show each and every week, and the show is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. The magazine's been published for over 20 years, starting out in St. Louis and then expanding into uh, the Midwest in Kansas City, and then uh, we've been in Chicago for almost four and a half years now, and most recently we expanded into Indiana. We have been published online since 1998. We were kind of ahead of the curve with publishing online, and our online edition uh, each month is larger than the print edition, so you can find all kinds of great uh, articles, the Vedic Astrology, which is um, from India, um, and, you know, just a lot of lot of material in the print magazine, but, you know, we know the online readers are more green, and um, so just, just if you want to be added to our Sacrosanct email list, and I say Sacrosanct because we do not sell that list, we do allow other people to promote their events if they are... Um, you know, vibrationally in alignment with making the world a better place. And so uh, we do have a weekly email newsletter. We have the weekly radio show, and we also have the monthly magazine. So if you would like to be added to our email list, please send an email to info at spiritseeker.com and ask to be added to that list, and then you will know who the radio show guests are and about all kinds of fabulous events uh, throughout the U.S. and into Canada and occasionally into Europe. Okay, so you will find Spirit Seeker in all of its the usual locations. We're in every Whole Foods in all of those cities, as well as over two to three hundred um, locations in each of the cities. Um, but in addition, this month you will find us a lot of places. We will be um, at the Transformation Conference in Arkansas, Eureka Springs, April fifth through seventh, and that um, is followed up by the UFO Conference, which is April eighth through tenth, and that's Eureka Springs. We'll have a booth there. We will be at the conference, and it is um, streaming live for the first time. And, you know, this is, was brought to you by Dolores Cannon, who uh, is has crossed over to the other side. But she was very, very much on the front ground with hypnotherapy. She was in and out of Russia, in and out of China. Um, and you're going to be hearing about hypnosis tonight. But I just always like to acknowledge Dolores Cannon because she founded the Transformation Conference, and then she took over the UFO Conference when that founder um, crossed over. She also had her own publishing house and her uh, daughter Julia has taken that over and these events over and they've all done a fabulous job. You will also find us at the um, hypnosis conference that we the Heartland Hypnosis Conference April 22nd through 24th and you're going to be hearing about that event by the founder William Mitchell in just a few minutes. Um, in May you will find us at the um, the Afterlife Conference in St. Louis, and you will find us at the Global Pyramid Conference in Chicago. There are so many amazing events um, 
John Edward is coming to St. Louis, Chicago, Kansas City. I could go on and on, but all of this information is in Spirit Seeker. Okay, so that's it for uh, announcements. Uh, this is a two-hour show. You'll be hearing um, from my first guest, William Mitchell, for the first hour, and then the second hour will be Margaret Ann Limbo, and there will not be a pause. We'll just you know end with William, and then we'll go right into the second hour. Okay, so who is William Mitchell? He is a front runner in the area of working with the the mind, the body, and the spirit uh, through different techniques that he's going to talk about tonight. He's fabulous with hypnosis and personal motivation. He has treated successfully hundreds of one-on-one clients each and every year. He offers programs and techniques techniques taught in the Mitchell Institute, and these classes were developed through years of experience running a clinical hypnosis practice. He is the president and founder of the Mitchell Institute and the Heartland Hypnosis Conference. Um, I could go on and on, but I'm going to let William talk. And William, I know you're there, so welcome, welcome to uh, the radio show tonight. Thanks so much for being my guest. William, are you there? Oh my, let's see. Okay, I'm going to try this again. I, William, when you're there, just say hello. I, I hello. See that you're hello. On. Oh, there you are. There you are. Hello. Okay. Yeah, I think thanks I was so muted. much. <laughs> okay, I apologize. Maybe it was my switchboard. It's, it showed you live. But um, at any rate, thank you so much for coming on tonight and letting people know, you know, what hypnosis is and, and what this conference is all about and how you can use working with the mind to change the, the neural pathways, so to speak, and um, work with motivation and, and change your life. So you've got this, you have the, anything you want to talk about, and I, I know we'll talk about the conference, but how did, how did you get started with this? I mean, were you just always kind of fascinated with the way the mind worked or, you know, what, what's I re- your I, story? I, I really got a hypnosis backwards. matter of fact, most of my students, I tell them right from the very beginning, at the end of just a uh, a few few days of good training. I know a lot more than I knew about hypnosis for a long time because I I actually started doing hypnosis to help people lose weight, and I was just really using it at its most elementary level, and it was given the most basic of trainings. And um, but people got such dramatic results that I realized there was a lot more to hypnosis than I thought. I I really hadn't I really hadn't delved into it as deeply as as I eventually did because I was just really using it as just a a vehicle to carry the suggestions about weight loss, but people had such one positive results on the weight loss, but also two, they demonstrated in the state of hypnosis such such strong indications of what's now I know is called hypnotic phenomenon. And hypnotic phenomenon is really these things like you see in a stage hypnosis show where people seemingly can forget things that the average person wouldn't forget, like forgetting their first name or something like that. And this hypnotic phenomenon was so powerful. I realized, well, there's a lot of power to hypnosis. I need to learn a little more about it. So I've just been taking a lot of training over the years and been very fortunate to be trained by some very good people and be around some very good mentors, and I've enjoyed enjoyed getting better and better myself. And now that we're doing the conference, I'm trying to share a bit of what I've accumulated, but also with some of these other great trainers that will be there are also willing to share as well. Well, and you know, 
there's there's general the general public is invited to several sessions yeah. and um, some of the sessions are about pain management, weight management, smoking cessation, stress management, medical hypnosis, alternative treatment, setting goals, sleep improvement, overcoming fears. You know, some example, examples would be um, public speaking or heights, um, self-confidence. Uh, these are just a few. Um, you also have a spiritual track, but um, exploring your spirituality, regaining self-control, and how to enhance personal skills and abilities. This is just one part of this conference. I mean, and all of that is just a lot. Um, yes, it so, has many applications. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, William, when you came up with the idea of the conference, what was the, the motivation um, for you to reach more people or to bring your, you know, the peers together and, and offer, like, you know, advanced classes? Or just, just tell us that's, how this conference came to be. Well, that's, a great, that's a great question. I went to my first hypnosis conference back in 2002, and it was it was interesting. But um, one of the frustrations I've had in many conferences ever since I started going to them, starting back in 2002, was often some of the people I wanted to hear were all scheduled at the same time, and and um, and and ironically, then sometimes people I didn't want to hear <laughs> were scheduled, you know, at the same time. And so what we did is finally I decided because St. Louis is a great place and and I really enjoyed St. Louis. I thought this would be a good area to start in. I'm not really located that far from St. Louis and Springfield. and So I, I brought this conference in with the idea of just doing a regional conference with the idea that most of the participants, most of the attendees, would be from, you know, the immediate area, you know, Missouri, Illinois, Iowa, you know, Kentucky, you know, Kansas, that kind of thing, the, the nearby states. And and uh, although last year we had people from California, we had people from Arizona, we had people from South Carolina, but they were there were just a few of those people. Most of them are right in the immediate area. But the idea was we divide the conference, and we're the only conference I know of that does this, into different tracks. So in other words, all day long, every day for three days, if you just want to be in this one track, if that's your only interest in that application hypnosis, you can just stay in that track, and you won't miss any of the good presenters because they're gonna they're gonna come one right after the other, and the presenters usually tend to be in one or two tracks. And so, for example, we have a clinical track, and so we're offering continuing education units for mental health providers on Friday and Saturday. And so if you're just interested in the clinical application of hypnosis, which tends to focus around psychotherapy and around medical applications like pain management, then if they're a practitioner of hypnosis or they're interested in becoming a practitioner, all they have to do is stay in the clinical track the whole time. If they're interested in in the metaphysical, as you brought up earlier, I, spiritual metaphysical, they can stay in that track the whole time. And all the classes are, are, are going to be oriented that way. And then we also have two other categories, two tracks. Uh, one is in the entertainment use of hypnosis, which is often called stage hypnosis, where actually you get volunteers out of the crowd and you, you entertain with people going in hypnosis and demonstrating what I referred to earlier as hypnotic phenomenon. Actually, a good stage hypnosis show is really just a demonstration of the power of the mind in the hypnotic state are usually surrounded by some, some humorous things, but never humiliating, that kind of thing. And then the, the fourth track is the business hypnosis, because many people who are doing hypnosis are actually doing it as a practice, as I am, and they want to they wanna increase their business and do a better job in their business. And, you know, in any, any kind of helping professional, there's, there are the techniques to use to help people with, and then there are 
there's learning how to do a business so that you can stay in business to help those same people. <laughs> well, so, you know, I, I attended, you know, you know, different parts of the conference last year, and I was just amazed at the generosity of the speakers. You know, they would they shared different forms if you gave them your email, they would they would give you, you know, like the forms that like you know how to set your intentions, how to keep track, how to you know I mean they were just each speaker in its in their own way was just so generous, just amazingly. You you have a fabulous uh, group of people you've brought together. Well, thank you. And, well, and this conference and I, looks. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and we're you know we 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 do it. We take we take proposals and then we select the topic as well as the person based on their their background, credentials, and qualifications and. And this year we do have some new presenters as well that will add on to what we had last year, and so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, you know, a couple of the classes that I would like to just talk about is, um, you know, I've always been fascinated with athletes. You know, your daughter um, is a basketball player. My daughter started playing two two leagues in second grade, and she's now 28 and plays in Italy, and she's played in Spain. She's played in Argentina. You know, she's played all over the world. You know, in in Miami when she was in law school for a year and and then changed her mind, she played with all the guys from our law school. She was the only girl on the team, and I was just like, holy cow. But in the other places, uh, you know, they're professional teams. And so I noticed that you have um, one of the one of the talks is empower peak performance for athletes, how to add sports hypnosis coaching to your business model. And, you know, Germany's done this for years. I mean, they've done guided visualization. They've done, you know, the, like other parts of the world, this is normal. But this is kind of new, isn't it, for the U.S.? Relatively new. I mean, there are there are a lot of athletes that use this tech, these techniques. As a matter of fact, golfers, particularly professional golfers, are often using, you know, strict, you know, strict hypnosis or things that look a lot like hypnosis, like guided imagery. But, but it really, you're, you're mentioning the Europeans. The Russians were way ahead of everybody on that one. As a matter of fact, we have a, we have a Russian athlete actually presenting. In addition to Joe Moon, Joe Moon's doing a pre-conference one-day class from nine to five, in, entitled "Empower Peak Performance for Athletes: How to Add Sports Hypnosis to Your Business Model." And she's a former swimmer herself. And um, a lot of people who were athletes are often very good hypnotic subjects because to be a good athlete, like your daughter, for example, requires very good focus. Matter of fact, many great athletes never hear the crowd. Well, that's similar to what it's like to be in hypnosis. It's like you're in an isolation booth. You know there might be other things going on outside the isolation booth, but you're completely focused on what you and the hypnotist are doing together and you're very focused on the hypnotist's voice. And it's like you have that ability to screen everything out and just really focus and and uh, one of the presenters is also a former, uh, actually he was, a, he, was a, he was a champion, Russian champion wrestler, and his name's Lenny Kosovid, and he's a licensed massage therapist in St. Louis now, but he'll be presenting too. But Joe Moon's excellent. She does a great job. And I do some work with athletes in my practice, and what I find is if you have a really good athlete, they, they really go into hypnosis easily and naturally, and they really benefit from it because there's so many things you can do with hypnosis to bring people out of a slump if they're a great athlete and they've entered a slump or to help them focus on learning new skills. And there's just many applications in sports, but especially in golf, because in golf, it really is such a mental game. I mean, most of us have the physical ability to swing a golf club relatively well. What the problem is is staying focused enough to do it every time very well. <laughs> you know. Oh, my gosh. What is that What is that movie, Tin Cup? <laughs> oh, I love yeah, that Tin movie. Yeah, Tin Cup and, and, and Bagger Vance. In fact, there were so many yeah. scenes in Bagger Vance where I was. It was in, it came out in 2000, and I was 
I was out in the audience during the movie theater going, that's hypnosis, that's hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. so many things well, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, before my daughter went to law school, she had to take the LSAT, as, as you know, everyone who ever has entered law school does. And my, you know, she didn't have dyslexia, but her father did, her aunt did, her sister did. And, you know, she was never clinically diagnosed, but we we always knew. And she she always had like 4.0, so she everyone thought she was quite brilliant, and she is. But if it would take like an hour to study for someone else, she knew she had to put like an hour and a half or two hours. So she compensated by you know, just knowing she needed more time. So I just knew, I knew as her mother that I just couldn't go through what we went through with the ACT. So I said, okay, you're going to take a, 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 I'm going to pay for a reading class for you, and I'm going to pay for a clinical hypnotherapist, and I'm going to pay for, I just, I only wanted her to take that LSAT one time because I just knew. I, ugh, I mean, you know, it's just stressful as a parent when your right. child is, is, you know, you get it. So she did the hypnosis, and then we had aura patches that changed her aura and helped her focus. And, you know, at the end of it, she took the LSAT one time, and she did well enough to be placed in the schools that she wanted to apply for. But, you know, a lot of times people just don't realize that students can benefit, you know, students who have blocks, you know, that, that you know, maybe they did poorly in a subject and they, you know, from then on it's like math is their, is their enemy instead of, you know, their friend. And there's so many ways to work with the mind. Right, because attitude, attitude is so important. And if someone goes in with a negative attitude, obviously they're going to have negative results. And hypnosis can help people change their attitudes, their expectations, and it can do it in a very experiential way because in hypnosis, it doesn't feel like you're imagining. If you're imagining, you know you're imagining. In hypnosis, it feels like it's actually happening, and that's what's really the unique power of hypnosis. It's like you're in this, this sort of unreal world that seems so real, and you can really focus and change expectations, attitudes, emotions, feelings, and that has so many applications, whether it be in athletics, whether it be in academics, whether it be in psychotherapy, in medicine. And um, uh, we really know now so many things come from the mind. You know, they come from how we're thinking, what we're thinking about, and the mind can exert great influence on transforming our experience. And, you know, the experience in a test uh, can be very very positive or it can be very negative. We've, I think we've all had both. <laughs> and, you know, haven't we haven't and, we <laughs> yeah so so you want to go in and, and you know and, and also too i do a lot of work with like test anxiety or you mentioned public speaking and matter of fact i have a, a person right now who's uh, just had tremendous results but he just had a fear of public speaking a lot of people that are maybe very good at other things may be a little lack confidence in their public speaking abilities and hypnosis can help them visualize and experience the event before it actually happens, it seems very real, and then they have this confidence that arises out of already going through it and mentally rehearsing it. But uh, we can all do that to some extent in our natural state, but in the state of hypnosis, it seems more powerful. And you also have the added hypnotic phenomenon of post-hypnotic suggestion, which is completely unique to hypnosis. There's no other, no other approach or therapy that, that can create post-hypnotic suggestion as it's done in hypnosis. And so you have in addition to the experiential part, you have the added added power of post-hypnotic suggestion where you can give a suggestion in hypnosis that will come back later after the hypnosis session is over when a trigger occurs. And you've seen that in stage shows when the hypnotist yells red and somebody jumps out of their seat or something. Well, the same thing can be applied in sports. I had a pole vaulter 
and he just had a fear of going to a bigger pole, which you have to go to a bigger pole to go up higher. And he just, he watched too many videos on the internet of people breaking their poles. He sort of self-suggested this fear. He had never broken a pole. And so I just used a post-ignite trigger that he would do right before he started down the runway. And, and amazingly, he not only went up to a bigger size pole, he, um, he won the districts as only a sophomore. Now, he was a good pole vault to begin with, but he went, he went over a foot higher than he'd ever been before, and that was just after a couple sessions of hypnosis. So it really can empower people to, do, to maximize their potential, to get the most out of what they have the ability to do. Wow, that's, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for athletes anyway because, you know, to push yourself and to really, um, to be able to, to perform at that level. And, you know, my stepdaughter, who's now in her 40s and a chiropractor, um, went to Germany and she studied. She was doing um, sports, what was it, sports something or other. I forget the, I forget it was part of her degree. And she studied with the athletic programs. This is like a long time ago because she was, you know, in her 20s, so it was over 20 years ago. And, um, and she just was amazed at what they were doing in Germany with, you know, like just the power of suggestion and, you know, guided visualization, like I said before. And, you know, um, you know, and I, I, there's a massage therapist at one of the places I go and name is, is it Lenny that's speaking at your conference? Is it Lenny or is it? Yeah, or, uh, Lenny. Lenny. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Cause he, he tried to tell me, I was in getting a massage a couple of weeks ago and he tried to tell me something as I was walking down the hall. And I now get that he was trying to tell me he was going to be at the, at the conference, but you know, I mean, he's told me some of the miraculous stories and you know, he's, he's really like, ahead of the game in so many ways with, you know, having done that work. And then he also, I don't know, I probably, I don't know if it's okay to say this, but, you know, he works with crystals and, you know, he's just kind of a, an, a, an amazing person. Very, very interesting, you know, working with the chakras and the body and, and has a gift with relaxation totally with well, his you know, he's a, practice. He, he's an interesting story because he already was doing hypnosis back in Belarus, which at the time was part of the Soviet Union. But when he came to the United States, um, he wanted to get an American certification, so he took my certification class. And it was so funny because I, I used to joke with him. I, I said, you know, with his accent being so thick, he has a very thick Russian accent. I, I, I know. said, you know, I said, Lenny, I said, you could read the phone book to people and they'd go into hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> he has that he voice. Just, he has that voice. He has the voice. <laughs> he has the voice. And, and, uh, but, I, matter of fact, I actually had a former – college friend of mine volunteered to be at that at that training because I asked volunteers from the, from the community to come in and, and let the students hypnotize them and I know she didn't understand half of what he said but she went deep 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 in hypnosis it was really fun to watch and I told him after I said you can read the phone book they'd go on hypnosis lady <laughs> <laughs> that is funny I'm going to joke with him next time I see him but oh my gosh okay so I want to go in a different direction because I noticed one of your classes um, this year is I was like, whoa, um, hypno-chemo cancer care practitioner pre-conference workshop from 9 yep. to 5, This okay, or, or I'm sorry, 8.30 to 5. So what is this about? This Oh, this feels fabulous is what I can tell you. Well, you know, um, a lot of people think you have to be a psychologist or a medical doctor, psychiatrist to practice hypnosis. Well, that's not true. In, in virtually all 50 states, as long as you're practicing within a, within a limited scope of practice, you can do hypnosis. Now, if you are a psychologist or you are a counselor, obviously you'll follow the scope of practice that's defined by your license, and you'll use hypnosis in that scope of practice. 
But for the average person who's not a medical doctor, not a PhD licensed psychologist, they can still use hypnosis for certain things. And, for example, in the hypnochemo, there are a number of people who call themselves hypnotists and um, who, who just want to work with people and help them uh, have these positive results. Uh, and there are a lot of people, both people dealing with cancer themselves and the family members of the people who are dealing with, with cancer that can be helped with hypnosis because there are a lot of ways to uh, help people reduce stress, uh, visualize, as we talked about, positive outcomes. I remember I, I did a little bit of work with Dr. Bernie Siegel years ago, oncologist, wrote the book Love Medicine Miracles. And, um, you know, he, he has been an advocate of hypnosis and guided visualizations in cancer treatment for, you know, many, many years. And, um, and so the hypnochemo is being taught by Roy Cantrell, who's coming from Charleston, South Carolina, to teach this class. And I would, I would highly recommend this because the uh, complementary approach to medicine, you know, some people call it CAM, complementary alternative medicine approach, can, can help the person's attitudes because with, with cancer there's just so, many, so many variables, and one of those variables is our mental attitude. And uh, I'm not saying that people make themselves sick when they get cancer with the bad mental attitude, and I'm not saying that they can totally cure themselves, with their, mental, with their mental attitude, although it appears that sometimes that seems to happen. But, um, but what I am saying is it is a factor in the whole medical approach to treating, to treating these kinds of, of uh, you know, cancers. And there are many different kinds of cancers, but not only do, do the patients need the help, but also the cancer care, you know, uh, the cancer care person who's like a family member or the person who's helping take care of this person, the patient, as they deal with cancer. So I, I'm like you. I'm excited we're going to offer this, and it's really a form of complementary medicine. We're not saying replace your doctors with hypnosis. We're not saying that. But we are saying is complement your medical approaches with hypnosis, and you, you can really see you can see some benefits, and why, why make it any harder than it already is? Why not make it easier? <laughs> and hypnosis so, William, to take this class, do you already have to be a clinical hypnotherapist, or can you – how does this part work? Well, most people that are going to take class will probably already be hypnotists or have actually had hypnosis training. But if someone didn't, they could take the class and then get more hypnosis training either during the weekend or prior to the conference. Now, I'm teaching uh, a National Guild of Hypnotists certification training starting on Monday the 18th leading up to the conference. And so if someone does want to learn how to do hypnosis to prepare for a pre- or post-conference class like the one on hypnochemo, uh, they could take that that four-day training leading up to that, which continues through the weekend. And, and uh, we actually get the students back together to uh, – I, I give them classes that they can take and over the weekend, and then, then we, uh, we talk about their experiences, and then we have a last day on Monday the 25th. But they can do that. But, yeah, but we're not limiting it to just people who are licensed or people who are certified hypnotists. It is it, – now, when I say it's open to the public, it's really open in two ways to the public. On Saturday, it's open to the public just to come and experience self-hypnosis. At noontime, we're going to have both a stop smoking group session and a weight loss group session. There will be separate sessions, so you have to choose which one you want to go to. And then there will be a lot of self-hypnosis training, a lot of self-hypnosis training. Because the beautiful part about hypnosis is there's hetero-hypnosis where someone is leading you through the hypnotic experience, but there's also self-hypnosis where you're actually putting yourself in that state, and you can even give yourself suggestions. Now, like anything... It's a skill that can be enhanced with more and more practice, but if you learn how to do it, you can practice a lot on your own <laughs> and get very good. Some people are amazing. 
Well, and, you know, William, I think you know this. I started off as a nurse back in the early 70s. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then I joined the Alternative, you know, Nurses Association. And, you know, but it was like I was I was zooming through stuff. You know, I was reading everything I could. I love Bernie Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel's work. Um, and, you know, I went through the, the, the breast cancer experience. It'll be 10 years this June. And, um, you know, and when when I was diagnosed, it was a rare kind of breast cancer, very aggressive. And they said, if you're here in three years, um, you can count your blessings, but you better get yeah. your affairs in order. And so, I mean, I had a, a, a son who had just started college, another one graduating from high school that year, and I had an eight-year-old. And so, you know, I had to, like, do things very quickly. I had to make a lot of changes in my life. And if I had not had the alternative um, healing modalities and um, ways of working with the mind, the body, and the spirit, I, I don't know what I would have done because, you know, you can't, in my experience, you can't just do the traditional medicine. You have to really work at a deeper level of what was out of balance in the first place that, you know, um, you know, helped, helped, to me, well, this I certainly is agree something. With you. Yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I agree. With you. So, I agree with you because so, so like, yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah. So I just think this is fabulous that you're offering this, and yeah. you know, more and more hospitals are open to healing touch. They're open to Reiki. They're open to reflexology. They're open to like a lot of the different things that work with the energy meridians in the body. And what better way than working with the mind and and focusing and, on you know. Yeah, so go ahead. I mean, I just think this is fabulous. And for those practitioners of these other things like healing touch, Reiki, you know, go down the list, people always say, why should I learn how to do hypnosis? Well, hypnosis is a form of communication. It really is. I mean, you know, obviously the the hypnotist and the the patient, you know, the client, they have have a communication going on there. Now, sometimes it's rather one-sided in that the hypnotist may be doing the majority of the talking, although not always. But... If we're always giving people suggestions in our day-to-day life, which we are, we're receiving suggestions, we're giving suggestions, we're accepting suggestions, we're rejecting suggestions, learning how to give helpful suggestions can help any practitioner in any field. As a matter of fact, I, for four years, was adjunct faculty at SIU School of Medicine in Springfield, and I would talk to the third-year medical students and teach them a little bit about hypnosis, but my, my main point I would make to them is, as a young doctor, the moment you walk in that hospital room with that white coat on those people go into a similar state to hypnosis they're highly suggestible so you have to be very careful how you word what you're saying to these potential patients because you may think you're just making a little offhand comment and they may be hanging on every word almost in the same way they would if you were in the hypnotic state and matter of fact i think we could both if you have a medical background i think we could both uh, identify situations where a doctor didn't really mean it, but they said something kind of an offhand way, and the person took it as the gospel, <laughs> and it really became like a hypnotic suggestion in their mind, and and sometimes it became a rather uh, like a prophecy. You know, and for example, if a doctor says you have X number amount of time to live, some people just accept that, like, well, the doctor must know it all, and you and I both know they don't. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and it's no and, different with, with surgery or comas. You know, I mean, so many, you know, now they know. Like when someone's in a coma, they're still recording everything. And when someone is okay. underneath anesthesia, it's the same thing. And, you know, you you know, being a nurse and being in different operating rooms, you know, I, you could tell the doctors that just did not get it and the staff that made jokes and, you know, and, you know, not always like nice 
to even, you know, to be blunt, you know, and put it, you know, as it is. And then you would find other doctors who would have music playing and, you know, they understood that, you know, the, the whole environment, you know, around the, the patient and the whole operating room and all the people working on, you know, together synergistically to help this patient, you could feel the difference. You could literally feel the difference. And, you know, so so I just, uh, this is just fascinating. And, okay, so there's a couple more, and then, you know, there's so many questions I want to ask yeah. tonight. Cause let this, me, this let me mention really a couple something. other, let me yeah, mention a ahead. couple other pre, pre-conference classes. Now, the Dave Elman Hypnosis Foundations class, Dave Elman was a very famous hypnotist back in the 60s, and, and uh, he would teach only dentists and doctors. He would only teach medical professionals, usually doctors and dentists. His son, Dave Elman, Colonel Dave Elman, I mean, sorry, Dave Elman was the father. His son is Colonel Larry Elman. Larry Elman and his wife, Cheryl, are going to be presenting. And the Elman induction is one of the most famous hypnotic inductions out there today. And they'll be talking about how to do the Elman induction. It's very effective. matter of fact, it really puts people into a very deep, highly suggestible state very easily, very quickly. And yet it's a very respectful induction. And uh, I would I would really say that's a good course. And they'll also be teaching during the weekend different courses on different subjects. Matter of fact, she's teaching one similar you mentioned in surgery. She's teaching a, a short two-hour course on on sleep talk, where you talk to people as they're going into sleep or or while they're in the sleep state. And we do know that people can be just like in surgery, very suggestible in that state. And you can give positive suggestions in that state. And um, another one is. Um, one lady coming from the uh, around the Chicago area, Randy Light, uh, she's teaching the essential four, how to increase your success rate with four fundamental sessions. I would call it a protocol, just like in medicine, when you have certain situations come up, you have certain protocols you follow, and she has these four sessions of the protocol, and that's a really positive one. But one of the ones that's most interesting is there's a, there's a two-day one on uh, after the conference over on the 25th, 26th, the hypnotic gastric band uh, class on how to how to do the, the and many people as you know are doing the gastric bypass surgery or they're doing the lap band and this is the uh, hypnotic version of the gastric band where the the subject through hypnosis experiences this the surgery and the, the 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 shrinking of their stomach and so that they get less food in and people have been having very dramatic results with this all around now to be honest with you before it was ever called hypnotic gastric band, I've always for years been doing a version of hypnosis with my weight loss clients where I shrink their stomach. But this is a little more involved procedure and protocol. And it, and for people who are wanting to um, learn how to help people lose weight, this can be a very good, very good one. And then I'm, for those people who are interested in doing the entertainment hypnosis, which is a very rapidly growing field all around the country, we are doing a one-day how to do how to do um, stage hypnosis class along with the fact that all weekend there are classes on stage hypnosis as as part of the stage hypnosis track, and then finally Dr. Will Horton, who is a psychologist in Florida, he'll be teaching uh, fast fast addiction recovery using neuro linguistic programming techniques, which is very strongly related to hypnosis. Uh, neuro linguistic programming is based in large part on observing the communication patterns of great hypnotists like Dr. Milton Erickson, who's a psychiatrist, and um, Bandler, uh, Grindler and Bandler came up with this neuro-linguistic programming years ago. Tony Campolo is well-known, not Tony Campolo, Tony, uh, Tony Robbins is well-known as an NLP practitioner, and um, and uh, Dr. Will Horton has a strong background in addictions, and 
he'll be teaching one day class. We are offering mental health continuing education units for that as well. So, so those are the pre and post conference classes. But if you look at just what the average person gets to when they go to the conference, it's really going to be fun because we've got the four different tracks, and it's um, it's it, it's just starting from the very beginning. Uh, I'll be giving a couple talks myself, and and I'll be talking about you know how to use hypnotic hypnotic uh, phenomenon as an intervention, and you know with my clients I use all kinds of techniques, everything from amnesia to food aversions to I can go down the list, lots of different things things that are called hypnotic and hypnotic phenomenon. And then uh, we've got several really good clinical classes. We've got a class, uh, you know, uh, Sister Jean Abbott, who's both a Catholic sister and a licensed clinical social worker, she'll be teaching on using hypnosis with post-traumatic stress syndrome. And by the way, research has shown if someone has PTSD, 100% of the time they're a very capable, talented hypnotic subject. So if they want to be hypnotized, they usually can be deeply hypnotized. And hypnosis can be used as part of the treatment. Matter of fact, many of the components that make up hypnosis also make up the symptoms of PTSD, disassociation, you know, absorption, and, and extreme focus. And so, um, so uh, it's, it's an excellent, you know, intervention with PTSD as well. So, so well, there's and, lots know, of different classes. Yeah, and PTSD, I mean, you know, I, I on Veterans Day this year, I watched a show, I don't even, you know, I I was flipping through channels, and I wound up watching the show, and it was it was fascinating to me. They were talking about, like, you know, World War One, World War Two, then the Korean War, then Vietnam War, and then, of course, our, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. And the thing of it is, is this, the death uh, the deaths from the wars in the Middle East are so low because of the fact that, you know, the, the, the medics Medical are science. trained now to go right out to the field and they know how to do so much more and they have the tools, they have the, they have everything to go right out into the battlefield or wherever, you know, and they can, they can, you know, a person can live. But the challenge is that we've never before encountered what we're encountering with the post-traumatic stress disorder, with, with, you know, people losing limbs and, you know, from being a nurse, I can tell you the phantom pains that people feel when there's an amputation, it's the truth. I mean, it's not, it's not made up. They literally still feel, you know, um, yeah. you know, when you cross, cross over and, you know, we had this one guy, I'll never forget as a nurse that, oh my gosh, every four hours he'd be on his buzzer for his pain pill. And one night he wasn't on his buzzer. And it was 2 o'clock in the morning. And we're like, oh, my God, maybe, like, something happened to him. Well, what happened is they, they were giving him a placebo because they said it was all in his head. And there was a new med tech that night, and she got the real Darvacet and the placebo Darvacet mixed up. And the guy took the real pain pill for the first time and slept, slept, because he finally, you know, they just said had it was all in his head. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, it was so sad. Finally had yeah. Yeah, and so they're they're using Qigong. Um, there are people all over the U.S. right now working with veterans hospitals with Qigong, with tapping. And when I, you know, and I, I'm just so grateful to hear that you know you were focusing on all these complementary, you know, different ways of using hypnotherapy with, you know, with working with that population because more than ever the injuries, the people coming back injured from these wars, and you know they cut military benefits. And here are these guys who have. You know, the other thing is this, unlike other wars, you know, in most 
most cases they did one or two tours of duties. We have professional soldiers now who have done three right. and four, you know, tours of duty, and it's different. It's it, There's not the same cohesiveness of we're going because we're stopping, you know, communism or we're going because we're stopping what Germany, you know, the Germans are doing to other – it's different. There, it's not the same – camaraderie with the soldiers, and there's a whole different mindset coming back from these wars. Well, and as, as you probably know, we've also discovered that PTSD can be contagious. People who are caregivers and therapists can actually develop PTSD from listening to those stories that are being told to them by their clients. And so it's, <sighs> it's really it's going to have an effect beyond just soldiers and uh, their families and their therapists and that type of thing. Right. And, and uh, we have a... We have a uh, uh, National Guard unit in Springfield, and I get a lot of a lot of military people as clients, and and often they're they're struggling or dealing with the symptoms that go with PTSD, the hypervigilance, and you know sometimes right. the, the nightmares, the dreams, and flashbacks. And but hypnosis, they love hypnosis. Hypnosis can be very calming for them, and it also can be a way to work through some of those experiences they've had in a positive way if you're working with someone that actually knows what they're doing, and that's that's important, right. obviously. But but for people who want to learn how to do some hypnosis, on the, in the stage hypnosis track, we actually have several people just teaching how to do hypnotic inductions, how to put people in a hypnotic state. So it's going to be interesting for people that are kind of just have had this kind of an introductory exposure to hypnosis. You can actually learn how to do some inductions, and, and um, I, I think that's important because there's some people they'll never take, you know, the hundred-hour training it takes to be a certified hypnotist, but they would like to learn how to do some basic hypnotic inductions, and we do offer some of those classes during the weekend as well, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so, so there's a lot of offerings, and the people who come for the general public, for $40, that's all we're asking for the general public, for $40, they're getting a deal. I mean, it's going to be fun. They're going to have a lot of chances to go on hypnosis. Wow. And if they're interested in the weight and smoking, I mean, I mean, I don't think anybody charges $40 even for the big group seminars for Stop Smoking anymore. I think it's more like $75 to $100 for a group session. So, so it's really right. a bargain, and they're going to be expert hypnotists doing the group sessions and who have a lot of experience, and it's just going to be neat. It's going to be neat. We're also talking about, you know, the um, the business hypnosis because there are some people. I had a gentleman meet with me last week. He spent most of his life in the in the building trades and uh, contractor, and and now he's thinking about this this chapter of his life. He'd like to help people and in a different way, and and he wants to know, can I make a living in hypnosis? Well, if you're wondering things like that, can I make a living at it? You know, there's that whole track of the business hypnosis, and you can learn. We have one lady coming all the way from Melbourne, Australia, to present, Helen Midas. And she, uh, one of her talks is how I made $165,000 in my first year of hypnotherapy without any traditional advertising. That's one of the titles of her talks. And uh, I'm wow. very interested to hear what she has to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, I understand. I'm, I, you know, it's just, it's just really amazing. And then, you know, I, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about the, the, um, the, Spiritual, metaphysical, in just a moment. But I do want to ask you about the emotional technique, or the it's not emotional freedom te- technique, but emotional something release technique. What what well, is that about? Therapy. Well, once again, this is Roy Cantrell teaching it from from uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and he is only one of about four people that's a certified trainer uh, in this technique in the country right now, and and um, it it is it is not traditional psychotherapy, and it's also you know, kind of like EMDR, there's some physical aspects to the training, too. And I've never taken the training yet, and I, I have not had the opportunity to take the training. This is the first time I've been anywhere where they're offering it, so I definitely plan to, to get some exposure. But 
but Roy is a is a hypnotist out in Charleston, South Carolina, and he's he's very excited about this. But but um, it, it really there is you know with EMDR, for example, we know that there are ways in which people things get stuck in our minds. We mentioned PTSD a minute ago. You know, EMDR is a very very popular evidence based technique used with, with PTSD. Well, this emotional <clears throat> release, you know, emotional release therapy has some physical components that maybe I'm making an in, in, inaccurate comparison, but I would compare to the fact that you do some physical things so that things in the mind can get sort of released. So that they, 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 it's almost like sometimes almost like in a, using a physical metaphor, it's almost like things get stuck in the brain, get stuck. It's like they're trapped. And, and you know, in, in EMDR, you use it's eye movement, you know. Uh, Desensitization, you know, right, right, right. Right, you know, and so so they use these eye movements. Well, the emotional release therapy, there's some other things they do that also are of a physical nature in addition to uh, using hypnotic techniques. And so I'm excited about that, and I'm interested to hear what Roy has to say. I've never taken that training myself, but but I know there are a lot of people that get stuck. <laughs> right, right. You know, well, and, you know, it's 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 very true. Like even they've done studies like um, Michael Gabriel was one of the first books I read on hypnosis with birth memories. And he mm-hmm. went back and hypnotized to in the womb. And he has case after case after case where if there was a certain type of music played while the child was in the womb, they, every time they would hear that music, it would, you know, they would, they recognized it. They, there was, you know, just like if the mother would say certain phrases or different things and, you know, and, and it was voices from the womb, but he, hypnotize people to take them back to in the womb in order to capture those memories. And sometimes, you know, they've done studies on people that have issues with money. And if all they heard while they were, while the parents, you know, were, you know, expecting the child, this is the worst time we could be having a child. How in the world are we going to afford this kid? What? A lot of times those kids felt like a financial burden until they could work through some of these issues. So, you know, the emotional component of, um, you know, all, oh, and then uh, Dr. Thomas Vernier is another one of my favorite people. He's from France, too, and he used to deliver babies, just like pop them out, turn them upside down, smack them, cut the cord, boom. And then one day, a child stared him down, just literally looked eye to eye, soul to soul, and that doctor never delivered a baby in that way again. You know, he, he realized that babies had this consciousness, and if it, if they have consciousness when they're born, then what in the world? Like, you know, I mean, it just really changed his whole approach to, to babies. And you know, when I mentioned Dolores Cannon earlier, she developed um, a technique, and I noticed that you have someone teaching um, the afterlife. You know, uh, working with the afterlife. You know, uh, using hypnosis to access um, the afterlife, and so, and and that's what Dolores Cannon. She developed this technique. And she went all over China and Russia, and they was like she got into places that most people can never get in, um, but because she was able to bridge the worlds, and you know, I mean, this is this is something that you know I'm fascinated with, as you can probably it, tell. The afterlife, it, it was interesting. He's a former student of mine. He, he, it's Dr. Craig Hogan. He called me about right. my hypnosis training, and he said, "How do you feel about afterlife? Uh, after you know about." you know, doing afterlife work. And I said, well, generally people of the Christian background, which I am a part of, are pretty friendly toward afterlife. <laughs> yes. You know, and, um, but he had actually been working with two different psychologists, one in Chicago, one in Seattle, 
And um, they were using EMDR to create these afterlife experiences, which they were finding very therapeutic for veterans, uh, many of them PTSD veterans from like the, at that time from the Vietnam era and that kind of thing. And, um, but he has now taken the hypnosis and done some very similar kinds of experiences. So I'm really interested to hear what Craig has to say about this. He is a very, he's a very intelligent, uh, educated, um, you know, uh, serious person. I mean, he's not, he's not just someone dabbling. And so I'm, I mean, that's one reason I invited him to come. Uh, in the metaphysical track, we really have uh, done some vetting of the people that are going to be presenting just to make sure that these people have done some some training and research and that they're not just throwing out ideas. <laughs> right. So. Well, you know, Dr. Evan Alexander, who is a neurosurgeon who went, he, he was in a coma and they were, he was, they were told he would never come out of the coma. And when he came out of the coma, he recalled everything. I mean, and here he is a neurosurgeon and he remembered right. everything and he's yeah. on the speaking circuit. And then Dr. Raymond Moody, uh, you know, is, is another, Big you know, names. I mean, Big there's names. just, well, well, and more and more they're using, you know, um, these techniques with, uh, with, with, uh, hospice patients to help them, you know, to help them get ready to cross over. And there's just, you well, know, there's just so the, much in, more room. In the, yeah. In the spiritual side, I think we know, we're more than just our body. We're more than just our brain. There seems to be, um, you know, whether you want to call it spirit or consciousness or personality or however you want to refer to it, we're more than just the meat and bones, you know what I mean? And so um, medical science has helped us make tremendous advances, and the whole scientific method has been wonderful for modern era as far as creating, you know, technology. But, but there is a side of life which is more than just the physical, <laughs> right, right, and, right, and, and that's where we, you know, hypnosis can be a way to get in touch with that part of yourself um, and that part of other people, and that's why we opened up. The, we didn't have the metaphysical track last year. We 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 created it this year with the idea we want to be more open to that use of hypnosis because there are many people doing valid valid work in that area and really helping other people. You know, they're not just right. doing it for nasal navel navel na- what do you call it navel gazing. You know. You know, they're not just, they're not right. just looking at their navel. They're using it to help other people. And, and uh, Dr. Hogan is one of those people. And another person I have coming is Pat Bollinger coming from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He's actually going to be offering an experience where people do uh, kind of a past life regression. And I've got to be honest with you, just a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have agreed to have that on the program. But I realize now that there are people who have had very meaningful experiences doing that kind of thing that they have found to be very helpful and therapeutic. So, so we're trying to open it up so that we're, we're giving a broader, a broader view of what the options are now. And, um, I've been in a room with 500 plus people with Brian Weiss on numerous Mm -hmm. occasions where, you know, he took everyone's, took us down. I mean, it was like the lights are dimmed and his voice starts talking and the next thing you know, there you are. And, you know, I was once, I, I'm trained as a as a past life regressionist, but, you know, I mm-hmm. and I was offered a whole practice one time, someone who was going into weight loss and didn't want to do the past life work anymore. And, you know, I turned it down because, you know, I, I said, you know, that's lovely and thank you, you know, but I feel like, um, to me, this is a personal opinion, you know, and other people may agree or not, but to me, the, the purpose, if you're going to use um, the energy and wherewithal to access the past life memories, et cetera, is to perhaps, maybe there's something helpful to help you with this lifetime, but I still think the main thing is, is you're here on planet Earth at this time, you know, you, you know, you have enough work 
with this lifetime, and yet sometimes there's things that just carry over, and and you can't figure it out, you know. So, so, it, but but I but what bothers me is when people just like with astrology, and they say, oh well, my south node is in such and such, and therefore I'm going to have money problems my whole life. I'm like, yeah, I bet you are, because that's what you're saying every single day. <laughs> and it's like, and to me, you know, this isn't anything to play with, you know. And um, I used to teach Reiki with this gal who said, oh, I can remember I was in King Arthur's court and Merlin's court, and you know, at that time I was teaching a lot of teachers, nurses, you know, lawyers, all kinds of people, Reiki to to work with in their own life. And one day I just said to her after the class, I said, that's it. I said, this is a Reiki class. It is not a past life regression class. I don't want to hear about your life in Merlin's court anymore. I don't want to hear about all this stuff. I said, because these people look at you like you have two heads and it's confusing. <laughs> but, you know, right. but nowadays things are different. I mean, you know, and so I think it's perfect that you're offering these other, because well, they're out there and, and you'll make sure. Because there are people who have these experiences. Yeah, these, right. yeah, these people have these friends. I have a minister friend, and he's a Christian minister and ordained. And, and But he had a, like yourself, he went to a Brian Weiss event, and he had a very positive experience. And Now, yeah. I don't know if he really went into a past life or not. He doesn't know if he really went into a past life or not. What, I, what he does know is that it was very helpful for him. Right. And whether it was a metaphor for healing or whether it was actually an actual experience or not, we could debate that all day long. It's like a lot of matters of right. faith. Sometimes you just have to take the blessing and go. <laughs> well, and Elizabeth Lesser, who has the Omega Institute, I'll never forget this. Okay, I had just gone through the cancer experience, and so here I am. I'm at this conference, you know, in Phoenix, and, you know, there were like 2,500 people at this conference. And so Elizabeth Lesser, you know, she's the one who um, – uh, Oprah Winfrey called and said, hey, um, I really love this work that's done, being done by Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now. Will you um, help me create an audio series so that everyone can have access to this information? And, you know, so here's Elizabeth Lesser. I'd always wanted to meet her. You know, Omega Institute offers all this great information. So she does this technique at the end, toward the end of the class where you, you um, go to your death, like you actually went to your death, okay, I almost got up and walked out because, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I was still like bald. I was still like, you know, pretty sensitive with this idea. And then I thought, okay, let's just see what happens. So she had us like everybody, you know, the lights were dimmed and it, she was using hypnosis. That's basically, that's what she did. I mean, you know, the, the voice, the everything. And then you went to your death and you, and you looked and, and I'd already gone to like other past lives and stuff, but this was like going into the future, the, the, the death this lifetime. And it was really very helpful. And when we came out of it, she had us write down the experience and then address an envelope. And three months later, that arrived in the mail like you know what we what we had written about and what we experienced and so it was very very powerful and I remember telling my older son about it who's quite quite you know mental I mean he he has the intuitive gifts like I do but you know he he uses it in sales and doesn't really own own that you know he knows all this stuff but I can watch him he, he's a perfect person with NLP and that's why he's so good in sales and um at any rate he he said, so, Mom, you know, what What did, What did? age did you go to? And I and I told him, he goes, oh, that's such a relief. I was so worried about you. <laughs> so I just uh-huh. laughed. But, but, you know, there's different ways to work with the mind. And, you know, you another class you're offering is um, how to work with a caregiver. And I... I think that is is beautiful because, and you've touched on this a couple times in this interview tonight, that the caretakers and the doctors are all very affected by 
by all of this. And then, you know, how do they how do they work with that when you're, you know, Bernie Siegel, especially, I mean, he was he's been one of our greatest teachers, I think, with, you know, like helping us understand that we have to take care of ourselves, too. Right. Well, I also want to touch on, you mentioned your son in neurolinguistic programming and sales. On Saturday, twice, the class is being offered by um, a medical doctor, um, an RN who also has a master's in psychology, and a person who has a background in the um, in actually the hair business, the hair salon business. But it's called the 60 second subconscious cell. The 60 second subconscious cell. Discover the deceptively simple secrets of presenting powerful first and second impressions without saying a word. And the truth is, we are all giving and receiving suggestions all the time. And so they're taking what we know from the science of psychology and hypnosis and applying it in, a, in an ethical way, in an ethical way, to giving strong first and second impressions. And because the fact is, whether we recognize it or not, every time somebody meets you, they're, they're going to make a first impression. <laughs> yeah, and my son's not trained in NLP. It's just, he just does it naturally. I've watched him because, you know, I, I studied NLP back right. in the early 90s, and um, I was fascinated with that work, you know. But, okay, so I want to just mention for listeners, you know, because we know that you'll be listening to this after hours, and remember that the minute the show is finished and it's a podcast, you can either download it and listen to it as an MP3 file, or you can listen to it through your computer. Um, so here's the website for the Heartland Hypnosis Conference that is happening in St. Louis on April 22nd through 24th, but then there's a pre-conference, post-conference, um, and all of this information is at the heartlandhypnosisconference.com, www.heartlandhypnosisconference.com. If you want to call uh, and talk to William Mitchell or one of his staff with questions, you can call 800-662-3040. That's 800-662-3040. Excuse me, for the general public, you can pay $40. You can attend the weight loss uh, hypnosis seminar. You also have other classes um, from 9 to 12, and then there's a seminar 1 to 2.30. You can learn about self-hypnosis for pain management, weight management, smoking cessation, stress management, um, uh, medical hypnosis, afterlife treatment, uh, I'm sorry, alternative treatments, setting goals, sleep improvement, overcoming fears, self-confidence, exploring spirituality, regaining self-control, enhancing personal skills and abilities. There's also classes um, in CEUs for professional practitioners uh, and hypnotists. Anything else you want to add, William? I mean, this is just fabulous. I I can't wait. You know, there's a lot of good sharing that happens between classes, after classes. We do have like a wine and cheese thing on Friday night. There's actually at the very end of the conference, uh, there's a, stage hypnosis show by an expert stage hypnotist and actually I didn't mention Salish but one of the top performers in both North America and Europe uh, Salish will be in attendance talking about stage hypnosis but he's also just an amazing hypnotist and um, not just in stage but but uh, so yes I would just add that there's a lot of good sharing and interactions that happen around the conference in the conference between the cracks so to speak that there's just no way to measure how cool that is. <laughs> it really is cool. Well, and I and I experienced him last year. Fabulous, fabulous, uh, kind soul. And you know, and then last year you it was in May, and remember, so many of you were doing stage hypnosis with high school graduations, and I mean, well, that'll be happening this year too. <laughs> oh gosh, I was like, yeah, I was well, like the energy be, of the conference kept you guys going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing shows Friday night and then shows Saturday night, and Sailor should be doing Saturday night. Some of the others will. Yeah, we were all busy doing shows. It's just from uh, the way the work the way it works in the Midwest is from the 
from the first week of April till the end of May, first week of June, everybody's doing shows on the weekend. So all these high school after proms and after graduation parties. So, so uh, yeah, we have we have about sixty after proms scheduled this year. Yeah. Oh, that is yet. fabulous. Uh, Absolutely yeah. fabulous. So so listeners, remember, um, heartlandhypnosisconference.com, there are four different tracks. There's the clinical hypnosis track, the business of hypnosis, um, which, believe it or not, you know, I, I um, the hypnosis, the business tracks, I took several of those classes last year. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I am not a, a clinical hypnotherapist, but I received so much information because, you know, whether you're a, you know, a Reiki practitioner or it really doesn't matter if you're, if you're doing any kind of um, coaching or healing work, these classes are fabulous. And then you also have the stage hypnosis track and the metaphysical hypnosis. And I just love that you have added so much with complementary healing and working you know, with post-traumatic stress disorder and taking into account the doctors and the caretakers, you know, and how to, how to you know, self-nurture more. And, you know, you've got right brain, left brain, um, you know, work. You this, this is just, you know, you've got game show entertainment. It's like, it's like this is just, whoa, we're going to have some fun. So um, thank you so much, William, for all that you're doing for so many. And thanks for being my guest tonight. And, you know, really just, you know, you're doing great work. So thanks so much. Well, thank you. Appreciate you having me on the program and look forward to seeing you at the conference. Okay. All right. Great. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. I'll see you before you know it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. Good night. Okay, so listeners, this is a two-hour show. As you know, we are. Um, that was William Mitchell, who is the, you know, the founder of the of the the hypnosis conference. It's actually the Heartland Hypnosis Conference, and. Um, you can find all that information at his website, the heartlandhypnosisconference.com. Okay, so we are now segueing into our um, second part of our show, and I'm just going to do some announcements for those of you that are joining us, and then I will bring um, Margaret Ann Limbo on, who is our guest this evening. So uh, this is Cindy Meyer, and I'm the publisher of Spirit Seeker Magazine, and we've been published for 20 years, In uh, started off in St. Louis as a print magazine, and then expanded into Kansas City. City, then um, expanded into Chicago, and most recently we've added Indiana. We also ship magazines to, I think it's 10 to 12 different states, and we've been published online since 1998. So you can read the magazine online each and every month. We also have a weekly email newsletter that lets you know about different conferences that are happening when the magazine is online, which... um, it's nice to know because our online magazine is actually larger than the print magazine. So you can find even more articles online. And the younger generation is very green-minded. And um, most of the, our younger readers read everything online. So they like to receive a notice in their email box saying the new issue is online. We, um, we also have Vedic Astrology each and every month. And it's not in the print magazine. It's, um, it's in the online magazine because it's this older man in the Himalayan Mountains who lovingly contributes the astrology each and every month, and um, he won't let us put a picture of him, but it's always spot on. Uh, I, I love Vedic astrology. I love, you know, Western astrology as well, but I, I really, really um, am fascinated with the Vedic astrology. And most of you know, I um, I must have had a life in India because it just all feels way too familiar. Okay, so 
please send an email to info at spiritseeker.com asking to be added to the email list, and then we will let you know the radio show guests, when the magazine's online, different conferences. We also do giveaways because uh, each and every week we receive so many CDs. We do music reviews, um, DVD reviews, and um, book reviews. And so Cindy Meyer's house gets very full of beautiful things arriving in the mailbox, and we bless our people periodically on the email list with tickets to things and books and CDs. So there's a there's another um, perk to being part of that email list. Okay, so that is it. Other than to mention that we will be at several conferences in April and May. We will be in Eureka Springs next week at the Transformation Conference, and then we will uh, have a booth at the UFO Conference. We will be at the Global Pyramid Conference that is happening in Chicago. It's um, I should say the International and Scientific Global Pyramid Conference. Um, we will not actually personally be there, but the magazine will be there. We will have a booth and be present at the Afterlife Conference, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. You just, um, for those of you that were here for the first part of the show, we will be at the um, Heartland Hypnosis Conference. And the magazines will be at all of these events and about 10 other conferences. And that is how we let people know about Spirit Seeker Magazine and we work synergistically with people making the world a better place. Okay, so that is that, and now I'm going to tell you just a little bit about um, my um, my guest who's coming on to join me in just one moment, Margaret Ann Limbo, fabulous woman. She's an author. She has a um, a store. She uh, in in. Um, She'll tell us all about that. It's in uh, Boynton Beach, Florida. She um, has written a number of books. She's an expert on um, crystal therapy, aromatherapy. She's just written a book on um, uh, the essential guide to aromatherapy and vibrational healing. She is an angel expert. She has written the um, the book, The Angels and Gemstone. Oh, I'm sorry. This is actually her card. She has, has beautiful cards, too, the Angels and Gemstone Guardian cards. She's written the book, The Essential Guide to Crystals, Minerals, and Stones. She is the author of Chakra Awakening. She most recently created a... Um, a fabulous, although I haven't heard it, but I know it's fabulous because I've experienced her cord-cutting um, evening that she taught in St. Louis a couple years ago, but it's the cord-cutting, releasing the energetic ties of the past. She's the owner, as I said, of the Crystal Garden. Um, I could go on and on, but Margaret Ann, I am just so grateful that our paths have crossed and that I have been blessed by, by your friendship and your knowledge and um, and all that you offer. So welcome, welcome, Margaret Ann. <laughs> oh, thank you, Cindy. You know, I feel doubly, triply as so. I really adore you, and I'm so grateful that we've become friends. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. So, gosh, Margaret Ann, you were, like, on it this year. You got married last year, and it just seems like, I mean, look at all the products and look at all the excitement that you have in your life. I mean, it's like, you know, you contribute articles, and they're always early, and I'm just so, I'm like, I'm always, like, in awe. Like, how in the world does she do all this? And then you also have your summit that you do, and, you know, so do you ever sleep? <laughs> A lot of people ask me exactly that question, and it made me start to really wonder, do I sleep? And I do, you know, but for a period of time, Cindy, I don't think I was sleeping all that well because I would get an idea and I'd get up and work on it. Now I actually got myself one of those, um, you know, things that keeps track of your sleeping patterns. 
Uh-huh. My, I, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a little device, and it tracks your steps and also your sleeping. And it's interesting. See, observation and focus really does something, because when I first started using it, not sleeping so much. And now that I've noticed, like, what my sleeping patterns are, more and more each night I'm sleeping deeper and longer. So there goes the answer to the sleeping. Probably more information than you wanted to know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I have a hard time knocking it out and turning it off so I understand. And, you know, I mean, I, when I, I have a friend who actually works for WashU's sleep clinic, and they're always they're always filled to capacity because there are so many people with active, you know, dream states that have a hard time turning it off, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, um, yeah. so I think the more we can work with the mind with biofeedback and understanding, and it's interesting that now you know when your mind's most active and you've been able to calm it down a little bit. <laughs> it's true. It really has worked. It just was so interesting to observe. I think I started out sleeping four or five hours a night to now I've been up to eight and nine. One night I slept 12 hours. Wow. Wow. I know, but I feel so much better. <laughs> it's like we need our sleep. So that's oh, right. that, he, that he just shows you that mindfulness and focusing your attention on something really does make a difference in all aspects of our life. And I just happen to apply it using a device to track my sleeping patterns. But it is funny, though, because almost everybody on interviews, on friends, and people I meet all the time are saying, do you ever sleep? When do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I get the question, too. I'm used to it. You know, and especially now because, you know, I've I, – I've added real estate, and, you know, you used to be in real estate. You know, I mean, you've, you've reinvented yep. yourself several times, and, you know, you still have your hand in that, as, as I, if I recall. But, but yeah. now you're not out there, you know, like I am. And it's like, I'm like, well, I've let a lot of things go. And they're like, really? What have you let go of? And you have to be careful, or at least I do. I find myself, like with, with certain clients, you don't tell them all the rest of the stuff that you do because otherwise they're like, oh. My goodness, will they are they able to really be present as a real estate agent? It's like, right, right. Yes, that's true. I can. But it's like you know when you walk in so many different worlds. But but you do. You wear many hats, and you know the Crystal Garden. When did you start I find that? It interesting. I'm sorry, I talked over you. I just was saying I just no, find it interesting, right? So yes. then you get bored if you don't have a lot going on. Do you? Well, I'm a five timing cycle, which means I I would be very bored if I just did one thing. And that's why I can totally relate to you. And when I met you, I thought, oh, my gosh, here's someone who talks as fast as me, who thinks as fast as me, and goes in so many different directions. And it's like, yes. And then when you work with crystals, you get amped up. You know this. I mean, I love yeah. your gemstone article each and every month. And um I don't know. So, Margaret Ann, we could talk about so much tonight, but let's let's talk about the, the Crystal Garden. How long have you had this beautiful store in Florida? Oh, we're going to be 28 years old this August. Oh, my gosh. I know. I just love that. I just adore that. I mean, it's grown so much. It taught me so much. It's because of all my wonderful customers and employees that I've learned from them so much and so much of that culminated into the books that I've written too so you know I've been able to share that but wow the medicine men and women and teachers and and Tibetan masters and you know you name it oh yeah I do know that we've both been in India together I heard your comments about it you're so familiar 
I knew it. I mean, I I can remember being, I was in Greece with, um, this was a long time ago, with breath workers and, and people that just were intrigued with the conference from all over the world. And I just remember this gal who was a shaman from Australia just looking at me and she goes, yep, I knew you in Egypt. That's where we worked together. And, you know, I had never been to Egypt yet. This was like probably 15 years before I even went to Egypt. And but it, But it felt right. And, you know, I'll tell you what, Egypt is showing up for me again. And India has been part of my life, you know, as long as I can remember. Like I was saying, saying mantras and that I didn't even understand what they meant, but they felt like home, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm, I've arrived home. And, you know, I was telling someone recently that I saw my first Swami at the Theosophical Society when I was like 20 years old. I think it was like 20 wow. or 21. And it was this gal who was in her 80s that didn't drive and we met each other and there was never like she was 80 and I was 20. It was just one of those things where, you know, instant recognition. And she introduced me to all of the Edgar Casey teachings. She introduced me to so many things, like just put books in my hands and you know how it is. I mean, people show up and you're just I like, do. wow. I do. I was blessed with that. Not by, I wasn't a, it was a, a good old Italian American guy in, in Brooklyn. Um, but from a young age, I learned that she taught me about agriculture when I was like eight years old, I think it was. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's, I, you know, it's wonderful to be blessed at a younger age, you know, because it's then if it just becomes part of normal, uh, just normal life. It's just is who you, part of who you are in understanding the power of our thoughts and, and our focus where we put our attention. And I think that that focus is what helps both of us achieve a lot on the planet in, in bringing, you know, blessings and, and helping so many people. Yeah. So, Mark, and and were you, the was your family, were your parents, huh? like, into all, were your parents into metaphysics and or, or were you, like, the, the child that was just a little bit different? Oh, I've always been the child that's been a little bit different because, like, my mom had me when she was 46 and, um... Back in that that. day, that was pretty uh, extraordinary, and she was already, you know, it was it was they was considered miraculous at that point based on her history and everything. But um, definitely a surprise. But you know, in retrospect, I can say I grew up metaphysically inclined. Everything was metaphysical. It's just that we never called it that, and we, you know, I was brought up in a very Roman Catholic household. I my my um, understanding of Catholicism and, and connecting with Christ consciousness from a young age was very mystical and sacred and meditative, but it, not in the terms of, of metaphysical. It was just sacred, you know. And so I had a very good experience in that regard, and and I that really all that training and all that I'll call it training because it is a discipline being able to maintain focus and be prayerful and meditative. That followed, helps me in my whole life, also my deep faith, you know, that, that is part of it. So that's a, a really strong foundation. But, yeah, yeah we, we talked about ESP, extrasensory perception is what we called it back in the day. Oh, I forgot, mom, but you're right. Yes. Right? And, and my yes. mom was a prophetic dreamer. So for us it was very normal to have someone who was prophetic in the home. I am a prophetic dreamer, too, not on command, just that when it happens, it happens. But also it was normal to interpret dreams and understand dream symbolism and what that might mean and how that affects us in our life. And 
she taught us telepathy when I was really little because we didn't have cell phones. We didn't, we didn't even have answering machines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can remember when we had party lines. You'd pick up the phone and someone else would be on the line. You'd have to share the line. Oh, no kidding. That I don't remember, but oh, it my might gosh. have just been it- where up different part of the country or something. It could be. It could be, but I could just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, get off the phone. I mean, that was when I was really little. But, you know, it's funny with the Catholic Church. I was raised uh, Catholic in my formative years, and I've often said praying the rosary was yeah. the prelude to praying the prayer beads from India. From And then, you know, when I studied um, – uh, Sufism, it's the same thing. Like they, they have, they, they do the, you know, the prayer beads, and it's like throughout so many different cultures. And you know, fasting—that was where I learned how to fast. And and you know, I love those high holy days. I I love that you didn't get to eat until after you'd been to mass in the morning. And you know, I don't know. I just loved all of it, and I loved that it, the mass yeah. was in a different language. And I loved mm-hmm. putting my veil on top of my crown chakra. I mean, I I often have said that I, you know, am so grateful for those spiritual disciplines, you know, even with the incense, you know, only during high mass, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and you know, the, 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 you know, the, the beautiful robes that they would wear, the purple and the red and the deep mm-hmm. blue for the, you know, I mean, all of that, you know. And all of that was me. symbolic. All those yes. colors were symbolic and they still yeah. are, they still are, you know, and yeah. so that even applies in our life to this moment. Right. So let's talk, if if you would. I'd like to go into the arena of the angels and archangels and what do you feel is going on that, you know, here you are, you're writing books on it, you've got cards, more than ever people are interested in this. What's going on on planet Earth right now, Margaret, that, that there is just such a desire for this connection with the angels and the archangels? Well, you know, I think, I, I am not sure, but I, I think uh, we've always had a strong desire. But right now, as it applies to today's world, I don't know about you, but I find it unfathomable, some of the the things that are happening in different parts of the world that I just can't even believe are still happening in this day and age. And I know that sounds very, I don't know, old-fashioned to say or whatever, but it's just like it feels like we're, you know, somehow reversed to the medieval times, you know. So, mm-hmm. but perhaps this this call, this uh, seeking, is is for re- remembering our divinity, you know. And I think that's what I feel like I'm assisting on the planet is for each one of us to remember the divine spark within ourselves, because all we really have control over is our own personal world, our own personal universe. And so because we're all interconnected, we're all related, I mean, I know everybody hears that all the time, but the magnitude to that connection people may not really integrate. I'm not even sure I do. You know, Alex Gray kind of helped, it helped in his artwork to see how interconnected everything is. But, you know, I think that if we realize that our, our personal thoughts, our personal actions, our personal reactions, affect not only our own world, but eventually the whole entire planet, then if more and more of us continue to connect with the archangels, to connect with higher spiritual teachings, to mindfulness, to thinking good thoughts, you know, that's what I'm all about. Everything I talk about and work on and all my products, everything, really revolves about around the power of positive thought and intention. And so when we do it for ourselves, we're 
doing it for the planet as well, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and I'm going to just read um, an ex, just a, a small part of the article that you contributed to uh, in the April issue of Spirit Seeker. Um, you're talking about gemstones and essential oils, and you say gemstones and essential oils partner uh, well together to amplify intentions to um, design reality. And the high vibration of archangels um, to amplify the associated intention, uh, I'm sorry, add, add the high vibration of archangels to amplify the associated intention, and soon you realize you have created the life of your dreams. And then you say it is easy to manifest and create abundance, safety, love, companionship, good health, and happiness. And then you suggest start out by deciding which angel you will call on to guide your path. And then you must ask for the help in order for the divine messenger to assist you on your journey. And I think that's like such an important point because it's it's my understanding, and please, I want you to expand on this, that the angels are always there, but they really like us to call on them. They're, uh, they're not really, I, you know, from my perception, and maybe I'm wrong, I perceive that they really, we have free will, so it's not like they can just go, oh, let me make your life better. You didn't ask for it. <laughs> let, me, let me intervene. But when we ask, you know, when we petition, when we request assistance, Bam, they're right there on the spot, and let me, how can I assist? Because I feel like they are in waiting. We do have an entourage. And, and I walk around with that thought form. I walk around with that intention. And and, and people that see, you know, visibly see, uh, you know, clairvoyantly, often say, man, you come with a large group. But I laugh because I don't see, I hear more than a seeing. And, but, I mean, it is my intention. I have a, a large entourage. But we all do, and, we, and be, they have more evidence in my world because I, I'm with them. They're, they're with me. We're working together. I'm communicating with them with just thoughts. It's not hard. It's literally, okay, guys, I don't know how to handle this. I really need your assistance. This is what I need help with. Show me. Put these things in my path. Help me to understand. Just like you would talk to a friend. Just like I might call you, Cindy, and say, hey, listen. Like I have. It's like, hey, listen, Cindy, I have a new book out. Would you mind interviewing me? Well, you wouldn't maybe think to say, Margaret, I saw you have a new book out. Can I interview you? I asked you. And you, like, so graciously said, yes, I would love to, you know. And that's the way it works. Just like good friends. Right, right. I mean, and I love, I will never forget now about how your mother would call you in. It's time for dinner. She telepathically sends you the message. I mean, come on, Margaret Ann. I mean, I, but I understand it. I do. You know, when I teach, you know, intuitive development, it's like, you know, I mean, that's one of the things with mental telepathy. It's like thoughts are things. You just beam the thought and there they are, you know. It's that's like, true. <laughs> it really is. And it's so simple and it's so, if we could all do that. With good thoughts, you know, people are saying, well, I just have all these bad thoughts. So that's why I figured let me provide as much help as possible with giving the words. What, what do I say? Right. If I can't think of what to say, you know. So it's like, okay, right. here's two decks, three books. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> I know. Okay, so I can but, remember when you were still doing your research um, for the Essential Guide to Aromatherapy and Vibrational Healing. And I have not, I have not, I don't have a copy of this book yet, but um, oh, so, oh, so no, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, it's all I'll right. But I, but, but I can remember 
you were studying all the different essences and all the different forms, you know, you know, of aromatherapy out there. But but I love that you linked it to vibrational healing because that's really what all of this is. And so can you tell us about this book and tell us about, um, you know, how to find it and um, just just let's let's go down the path of aromatherapy and how how you came to working with it and some of the miracles that you've seen with um with working with uh, aromatherapy as a vibrational healing technique i would love to well you know i first of all started with working and playing with essential oils and i'll say playing with essential oils in the early 80s when i was still a banker so back in my mortgage banking days You know, there was a kiosk in the mall, and I started getting real medical-grade essential oil. So I've always been, you know, blessed with having the real deal from the get-go, you know. And so over the years, as time went on, once I opened my store, I wanted to carry essential oils. I did that. So now one of the things that I can recommend with essential oils is get to know your oils. Get to become friends with them. Get to know each one of them as an individual. Just like you get to know your rock, you do the same with essential oils. So over the years, eventually, when I, especially once I did my certification as an aromatherapist, uh, my naturopathic doctor who taught me what she taught me suggested, why don't you have your own private label because I'm not going to be filling orders, you know. So because then I would scan bottling, you know, or the Crystal Garden brand oils are hand bottled. So I don't do that anymore. But for years and years and years, I was the only one that bottled everything. And then on top of it, the aromatherapy formula started coming through. Mm. Well, then it made common sense for me because I am, I am a writer now. I am an author. To put it together and share in a book format how I look at essential oils as not only from a therapeutic standpoint, which is not even my highest specialty. I did very strong research in that regard. My specialty is on the mental, emotional, and spiritual uses and how to get to know them on an energetic level, which is why I matched gemstones with certain essential oils, with every single oil. There's a matching, a list of matching gemstones, a list of matching energetics regarding the archangels and careers and animal totems and, and, you know, astrological signs and planetary influences because if you, maybe you know more about astrology. So from knowing astrology and I say, well, this is very related to Chiron and Uranus, you'll have a strong understanding, a stronger understanding of what that essential oil vibration is than uh, someone who might know more about animal totems. And, and, and perhaps that oil has a spider medicine. And so, you know, now this is all very abstract. I'm not even talking about a particular oil. I'm just using this as an example. But, um, and then they also have divinatory meaning. So each one can bring a message, just like the gemstones bring a message, because, you know, I grew up talking to plants. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it only makes I do. Sense that they, they talk back. So they bring a message, they bring a vibration, they bring a positive thought. So I hope that made sense in, in giving a little overview of, of the essential guide to aromatherapy and vibrational healing. That was a short version. Well, and you know, Margaret Ann, I love 
absolutely love all of your sprays. I mean, you know, the the most recent one, I, you know, I was at Jen's store um, at Christmas, and I don't know, I, I have so many, I have your whole Archangel series, and I have, you know, the, so many, the cedar, the sage, the, you know, the, oh, so many, but I had never had Kuan Yin. I had oh, never had the Kuan Yin spray. That, so oh, I, oh, I love oh. that one. Isn't it delicious? <laughs> oh. It's beyond delicious. And I say and, delicious, you know, I don't mean that you ingest it. I just mean it smells fantastic. Oh, oh I know. I know. And, you know, I had the moon meditation uh, class here last week, and, you know, I had some aromatherapists that were here, and um, I used that spray. And, you know, they had their rose in their in their purse and everything. I'm like, uh, one hand rose and one hand geranium. They're these two sisters that, you know, took Reiki from me probably 15 years ago. And, um, mm-hmm. and so they were using that, and I used the Guan Yin, and it was like – Oh my gosh, you know, people came in because this we did this before they arrived and it was just like oh, you, I mean, you know. You know, you know, it's like the essence and those essences are fabulous and you've traveled all over the world. So why don't you tell us how some of your essences came to be? Oh, that's true, you know. So, growing up Catholic as I did, my mother always put holy water on us. We didn't feel like, let me put holy water on you, you know, where I have holy oil, let me put some Illinois to, you know, let me let me do this. So it was yeah. very normal. It was like, I felt very nurturing, and, and so, you know, likewise, I want to nurture others. So over the years, just I just happened to, you know, every time I went into a church, or I also took people on sacred sites tours for many, many years. Um, so I would collect Water. I collect holy water. I collect water from when we did a ceremony, or you know, did toning in a certain chapel, or by the, you know, by a special river or a pyramid site. And so over the years, I've been collecting holy water for a very, very long time. And this is all types, even water from rivers and special sites, talus well water. I mean, you you name it. I have quite a few of them. And now, over the years, I'm very blessed. People know that I do this and that I use it, because I'll explain how, that, that now people bring me holy water. So they would, you know, recently um, one of my clients went to Mother Cabrini's um, uh, site in Colorado, and I said, oh, I have a little bit left. I use it in my, you know, I potentiate it so it lasts a long time because I don't have a private jet to take me every place, you know, to go collect more. Right. So she brought me back two bottles, and then, I have uh, a lot of French Canadians come down to South Florida in the winter and they read my book in French because it isn't French, it's published in Canada. And so they come and see me. They're like, oh, my gosh, Margaret's in my neighborhood. I'm going to go see her. (laughs) Then they bring me water from Quebec, you know, like from the St. Anne's Cathedral in Quebec and other just all these different holy sites all over Canada. So I've been getting really nice collections. So. What I do is I, t- I have, I receive a formula. So like when I got Kuan Yin's formula, I also realized I need to add gemstone essences. So I create a gemstone essence by, and I explain this in the Essential Guide to Aromatherapy and Vibrational Healing as well. So I, I create a, a gemstone essence using the gemstones that I feel are best connected to Kuan Yin. So I don't remember exactly because I don't have my formula book out, but I'll say, you know, maybe I have rose quartz in there, maybe some kunzite, probably clear quartz, um, maybe pink calcite, uh, maybe some green stones like green calcite. And I put it in water with some um, grain alcohol, 
to preserve or to, to hold the vibration. And then after that's like 24 or 48 hours old, I'll add holy waters. And then I pull out my collection. They're in these containers right here above me where I'm sitting right now, all my holy waters. And I put just a couple of drops of each one. I don't use a lot, otherwise I don't have it forever. And it potentiates. My intention as I'm putting it in is that any and all blessings that came with this water is now expanded and, and amplifying this particular water with the gemstone essences in it. And then what I do is I add some of that to the master blend that makes the spray. That you know, Then I bring a master bottle to my staff and they make the bottle. So all, everything's still hand-built. They hand, you know, they, they literally put the pipe out in, you know, they, they pull the oil out of the big bottle and put it into the spray bottle and add the water and the label and hand cap it. And and, just, and they're prayerful when they do it. They're very, I have a very conscious group that I work with. My staff is amazing. So they're prayerful even to the, through the whole process of making them. So that adds energy too because everything is energy, Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. And intention, when it's amplified, you know, with the angels, the archangels, all the ascended masters, and everyone supporting the work that you're doing, it's just like, it's an orchestra. It's like a, a symphony orchestra of, of recalibrating, you know, and I think that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what the whole thing with vibrational healing is, is we're all recalibrating. And, you know, this year especially, I, I don't know if you've noticed, you know, from my experience of 2016 is because it's a nine year, everything is different. And, you know, like this is the year of service, you know, and the more we're of service and the more, you know, we actually set the intention each and every day. How can I help more people? How can I, you know, it's like every day is exciting and it's easier Mm -hmm. this year. To me, 2016, it just, even with the crazy election stuff, you know, I mean, but people are present. People are voting. People that have never really, like, paid attention are paying attention. So there's a more of an energetic engagement um, is, is, you know, even, you know, with Brussels and all the terrible things that are happening, there's, you know, like after 9-11, as awful as it was, when they went up above planet Earth and they looked down, they could see that there was an energetic shift. Greg Braden talks about this. There's pictures. And it was because people's heart chakras were open and connected and you know, sometimes it, it's like when I don't even know how to explain it. And I hope I'm making sense. But the more you are, the more our, our hearts are open, and the more we're of service and realize that we're all so connected. It's not, it's not an over there. It's like we're we're all in this together. And you know, the essential oils change the vibration of everything. You know, and the crystals, all of this helps all of us just have an easier way in my experience does that make sense it does it does and it is people are allowing their hearts to open i noticed that the i have for probably two years now if not more the magnitude of new customers coming into the crystal garden and and the the magnitude to the love that they express and feel is is amazing they just adore the energy and how they feel in there and that they've never felt it before and that that is what the people are searching for for that. You know, even my class attendants extraordinarily 
high, you know, much greater than it's ever been. And I think it's because people really, really, really need and want that feeling of goodness and love. And people want to overcome and and break old patterns and challenges of the past and release that that uh, instance or instances of very bad situations when they were younger should rule the rest of their life. Instead, they want to release it. They're ready to say, no, I'm not going to let that that continue to make me suffer for the rest of my life. I might as well have a good life. That person or that situation is no longer here anymore. And so I, I'm very impressed with the consciousness of the people that are arriving to do the work on themselves and for themselves and therefore for the planet. Oh, yeah. I mean, and these mm-hmm. these little millennials, you know, these little crystal kids that are running around, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're psychically gifted. They're so connected. You know, they've grown up, you know, I look at Noah. I mean, he's 18 years old. He has been on computers since he was on his father's lap when he was like, you know, what, three months old. He was looking at the computer screen. I mean, he had a stack of CDs, but it's age three that, you know, I mean, it was just like he had his own little university before, you know, he even, like, started, like, Montessori school. And, you know, right. and 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 there and it's not just that. I can remember, this was, okay, in 2012, I was hired to be the entertainment for this 14-year-old girl's birthday party. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure, you know, um, how this was going to go. And I arrived, and there were 25 14-year-olds that I was reading for. And I thought, oh. <laughs> and and you know I mean, and then and, oh my gosh and that was like and and you know and they all listened to each other's readings which was like really interesting that's how it was laid out when I arrived she said the mother said these are the rules actually they had they actually had an assistant um, this was a political person's daughter and so the assistant to the family said this is how we envision this and blah 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 and that you know you were it you know you were the entertainment the the birthday girl has a broken leg so she couldn't go anywhere take her friends out so everyone's here and you were it and i just remember and i had my broken leg at the time so it was just like this experience here with my leg propped up reading for this i know reading for this girl with this broken leg and so I said, well, how about if the birthday girl has her own private reading since it is her birthday, and then after that, everyone can uh, – I, I said, let's give the birthday girl a choice, and the birthday girl's like, yes, I want my own private reading. And I was just so grateful because then I was able to connect with her and get the feel. But I'll never forget, like, these girls, 14 years of age, many of them were asking about, like, a brother who was autistic or a brother who had something else. They were very curing it. And, like, at one point I looked, and, like, I bet 80% of them were actually crying because they had such compassion for the girl who was going through the experience in her family with different things and very connected. And I think that that's what we're seeing is that, you know, we were the millennials are bigger than the baby boomers. It's a bigger group of people because, of course, they're the children from the baby boomers, and they're awake. They're much more awake. Mm-hmm. But nice. they're also so technology-driven that I think they're looking for the connection that you're seeing with the people coming through your store. It's like mm-hmm. even raising one of these kids, you know, or being one of the kids who's now hitting in their 20s and 30s, they're looking for a meaning to life, and I think that's what – the vibrational therapies are offering. It's like, okay, you can shift that thought. And 
You know, Margaret, let's talk about. I, I must. The, the, I, I haven't heard the um, the cord cutting releasing the energetic ties of the past CD, but I'm I'm thinking it's similar to what you did when you were in St. Louis with. Very much um, so. Yes. Okay. It really and is. that but, was. You know how I did the pre-talk and I explained it all. That's yeah. the first. That's the first track on the CD, and then the second track is the actual experience, and I bring them through the actual experience on the CD. So, yeah, I would love to talk about cord cutting because it relates to what so many people are ready to do now. They're really, I really observed that even more than ever, at least that's the experience, maybe because that's where, you know, I'm helping people in the moment and they're helping themselves, actually. I'm just facilitating. Um, is that they don't want to carry for the rest of their life that they were either abused or belittled or have these various effects for their younger days, you know, whether it was from when they were really little or even from their last marriage, you know, it could have been. where And they're trying to recapture, regain their self-esteem and let go of the quote-unquote blocks that they perceive they have. And so what this does is by, by making an intention first, making a decision that you want to cut the cords from the energetic ties from someone of the past, some situation, and that you don't want that to be ruling how you act and react to people in this moment anymore, that that in itself is the first step. And that in itself is like the biggest part of it is just deciding, hey, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not going to let something that somebody said to me when I was six or something that somebody did to me that was totally uncool, beyond uncool, I'm not going to let that affect me for the rest of my life. That happened when I was six. Now I'm 26 or 36 or, you know, 86. You know, people carry these things for a very long time, and, and it, it become, they become like terrorist energy in their consciousness, and, they, and it takes up a valuable, joyful time that we get to have on planet Earth. So then during the second track is when I guide everyone through a beautiful deep relaxation experience that in itself is a healing process that that is you know healing meditation and then once we get to the point of deep relaxation then it's actually bringing the people person who's listening into like a cord cutting experience and I use the energy of the four archangels as a primary uh, assistance and they release the energy, and then there's a healing process, and that's usually very focused on by, um, you know, you, what I, I focused on is the right word, but I don't want to say assisted, or primarily, the healing primarily comes through Archangel Raphael. So Archangel Michael, Mikael is very involved in the cutting of the cords, and Archangel Raphael applies the healing salve and, the, the, and, the, and cauterizes the energetically wounds so that they can't really keep reattaching. You know, we just make a decision. This is it. No more. You know, like I'm right, like right. not very well versed in Spanish, but I say nada más, no more, you know. And it's well, very effective, very effective. I just remember, I, I'm sorry, I just remember that evening and, you know, as, as much as I have done cord cutting, I yours was just so profound in that, you know, you called in Arch- Archangel Raphael and you had us, like, either lay on a bed or imagine floating in a pool of green liquid. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if that's on this, this CD, but it doesn't, you know, but the point is is that your cord cutting, um, I, you just do it in a way that 
there's so much visualization that happens and so many people were affected by that. I mean, still, I'll see people that were here that evening, and they're like, oh, my God, I still use everything I learned from Margaret Ann Limbo that night with the cord cutting, Aww. and I use it in my own life. I mean, you know, because, How you know, cool everybody. Is that? Thank you for well, telling me that. <laughs> right. Right. But for people that are like, what are they talking about with cord cutting? Can you explain how things get attached and it's not just memories, it's it's feelings, et cetera. Can you explain what a cord is and what we're doing when we're cutting cords? Sure, I'll do my best. Hopefully this will make sense. So <laughs> I'll use a positive situation. So so for well use you and I, Cindy. Ours is not a negative situation, ours is positive. But we, we have a cord between us. So we have many cords between us. So the first time we met was um, because you were kind enough to run an article in your magazine, and I wanted to be able to give a, um, a session, right, as a thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. So we met in yes. Jennifer DeShane's store, um, Holistic Journey. And during that session, we had, of course, an immediately immediate connection. But we, we became very connected, because it was such a profound experience. We we both had, not just you. I mean, I know you did, but I really did as well, I, because I got to see, sense, and experience what you were experiencing during that session. Do you remember that? Oh. Now, listen, do you want to you talk about that session for just a second before we go to this next phase? Let me tell you. It was up to you, because that's personal to you. I would never. Oh, oh no, no, no. Know. Okay, okay, you asked me three times. Now, you want a past life regression, right? And I'm like, no, I want a business coaching session, and I'm getting ready to travel to Europe, and I and I broke my leg, and I, I want you to work on my leg. And you asked me again. We talked a little bit, and then you're like, no, you want a past life regression, right? And I said, no, I've done enough regression work. I I really want you to strengthen my leg, anything that needs to be healed before I'm, you know, slapping on this leg all over Europe, and um and I and I want to get clear on my business, right? So the next thing you know, you're like, okay, close your eyes, and you put these crystals on me, and where did you go? I mean, first first you did do some coaching on the business, yes, you did, but then okay, close your eyes, and the next thing you know, I've got crystals on me, and you're taking me into a past life. Oh yes, you were, and there I was, and it was like. So profound because you you're like remember a time when blah 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 and all of a sudden I saw myself with a man happy with a child between us and I was in Egypt and I was like oh my gosh I've never known what I'm seeing and I'm never I've never known that this lifetime I've never known that love with a man and a child like what I'm seeing and I'm like. And then afterwards, you're like, well, the fact that you saw it and the fact that you experienced it means that, you know, you have that that memory, and you, you know, you 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 like put it all together. Like you pull, you helped wow. me pull, pull. And then and then and then the funny thing but is that's not that the, that's not the regression I remember. Isn't that weird? Well, you did that. You took me into Egypt, and then you took me. There was like three different lifetimes we went into, and then at one point, this orange tangerine crystal goes flying off of me flying off of me, and I forget the name of it, but you'll know it. And then I, it wasn't until then, later. Yes. And then I remembered that I was in your store when I was going through breast cancer, it'll be 10 years ago, this this, uh, June. 
and I went to Florida before my surgery with a mastectomy in July. I was in your store in June of 2006, and I bought that same orange stone. Uh, now, I want to clarify. You said I took you to the into the well, you didn't. You guided me, I, and then I went into that. Yes. I just want to say. <laughs> oh, okay, no. Your I mean, soul. it was my experience. Your voice was just like, yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, I there I was. Because it is our soul knows. The reason I say that, Cindy, really is, is because I feel our soul knows what we need to remember more than we could yeah. ever consciously come up with. And so I remembered your tip. But the part of the, the experience that I related to very deeply was your experience of you as a Tibetan monk. <gasps> I completely forgot about that. Yes, that was uh, the other lifetime. Yes. That's what I remembered. So when you said earlier in the show you were talking about how you were so connected with India, you know, I felt that you were in the foothills of the Himalayas, I, I perceived, because that's when I could see it as clear as, as if I was having the experience with you. Right. And you were in robes, and you were in the, that orangey color robe, too. Oh, yes. I remember this vividly now. I mean, there was so much. Margaret Ann, that, that session was right before I went to Europe, and it was like I didn't expect I, – I don't know what I expected, but all I knew is that I felt like I'd met my new best friend. I Aww. felt like – I was like, oh, my God. You know, like we just – there was just – it was magic. It was magical, you know, it and you is. had that table. You had this table full of rocks. Do you remember that? And I was like, I've never seen so many crystals in one spot like this ever. And you just, like, went right to the ones that, you know, you knew would facilitate and, you know, enhance whatever was about to happen. And, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. So, so, so yes, it was magical. It was fast, fascinating. And then now going back to the cord cutting. Oh, so the, the cord, cord cutting. So now we obviously don't need to cut cords, but I just want to, so we, we have a very strong, <laughs> people got to see our string, the cord between us. They they get just yeah. got to hear us going down memory lane, and some people probably got to envision a little bit of what we experienced, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a very strong connection with each other. Now, in the, in the negative scenario, so we don't want to cut cords. You and I, we, we keep our, our love cords connected, you know. But right. with other scenarios, it may start out as a loving relationship. It may start out as a very good experience. But maybe years down the road, usually this often with romantic relationships, although it can happen in platonic, of course, as well, even in work scenarios, they may start out, oh, you know, hunky-dory, everybody's happy, la-la. And then things go awry, whatever it is, you know, who's to say whose fault or whatever. It's all a learning experience. It's all part of the, you know, probably part of the bigger picture and the divine plan for our soul's evolution. But when these things happen, then anything that happens after, so negative, so let's say people have a relationship with a romantic partner and it ends up, let's say, them breaking up and it ends up a little ugly and maybe some words are said and it affects each other, both parties are affected. Well, you then we hang on to being sad about that relationship. Some people sometimes for the rest of their lives and they're, you know, with divorces that they might go through and then the years have gone by and they're still angry at their spouse. Instead, and they could have moved on a long time later. I mean, I remember one breakup, I wasn't necessarily angry. I was very, very hurt and very sad. And it was a mourning period of probably two years. 
but it didn't mean that I didn't move on with my life. You know what I mean? So I think that right. we have, we can make a choice and say, yeah, I'm not happy with the way this worked out. I may still be sad about it, but I can still move on and continue. And, and then the trick is, this is why the court cutting is effective and helpful, is because we don't want to keep recreating the same relationships over and over and over again. Right. Maybe the, the physical body has changed, but perhaps the personality or the vibration of the prior relationship is still present, and they're doing exactly the same thing as the prior relationship where we are, we, the, both parties involved, and you're just doing the same thing. It's just a different day, different channel, same story, you know? Oh, so I know. It's And that night, you you know, I don't know if you remember the night at my house, but um, people kept coming in and out, and I mean, arriving late, and you know, I mean, how you pulled that meditation off, I do not know, but you did it, and um, and then I kept getting up the answer. Oh, I, you know, and then at one point, you know, I sat back down, and you're like, okay, and you, you were really good. You kind of waited until I said, I shook my head, and I'm like, that's it. Like, I knew no one else was coming. And you kind of, like, extended it out so that I could actually be part of it, which I'm I'm very grateful for. And so when I sat down, though, I'd missed a little bit of it because I was answering the door, right? And, you, mm-hmm. and so you had said, pick one person oh no I didn't hear that so I was working with three people clearing cord cutting with three different people and of course it was the male lineage you know that you know that was affecting me this lifetime very similar to past lifetimes exactly what you just talked about but it was still in my etheric body it was still in you know like you know how I say sometimes babies aren't totally erased you know I mean Mm -hmm. so you know our souls are not right and our souls, like, you know, we're, we're not totally erased. So um, at any rate, I was working with three people. So at the end, you're like, okay, so, you know, you pulled it all back. And, you know, I, I'll just, I just remember thinking, oh, my God, I did it wrong. I worked with three people, but then I realized I didn't do it wrong. It was just, you know, it was just the, it was exactly what I needed at that moment. And yeah, there was a lot really of people deep... do it with more than one person. It's always impressive to me, but that's good. If you can do it, why not? <laughs> So so that, listeners, is what Margaret Ann is talking about. And her new CD is available. Um, it's called Cord Cutting, Releasing the Energetic Ties of the Past CD. And it's like, so you can be present right here, right now, and you can choose to change your life. And mm-hmm. this CD will help you um, clear the past so that you can be in the present, you know, which is where the true gift is. And... Um, I don't know. So, Margaret Ann, what about the the new cards? Um, what you've got these new card the new card deck card deck out as well. <laughs> so no, I had to. I had to because I, you know, there's so many more gemstones that wanted to give their message to the world. So, I'm very grateful that Intuitum, you know, published the second deck. So, the first deck is the Angels and Gemstone Guardians cards, and the second deck. Archangels and Gemstone Guardians cards and you know what I ended up doing after much contemplation is I ended up choosing 11 Archangels and their stones because what I wanted was 44 cards that's how I arrived at that so I figured rather than you know and, and that way we myself included we all get to know more Archangels like I feel like I know Archangel Uriel, Raphael, Gabriel, Mikael, 
I feel like I might even know a little bit about um, Zadkiel. But, I you love Zadkiel. Not him. as much. Not as much mm-hmm. for me, you know. I And I even wrote about them. So, you know, Ariel, I guess, too, I did know about. So, so is this way they get introduced a little bit more to more people and their vibration and what they can provide help with in our lives and how they resonate with the various gemstones. So if someone knows, oh, I know all the, the good relationship rocks, like let's say Archangel Chamuel. Chamuel is all about relationship healing. So I picked Amberite, pink tourmaline, watermelon tourmaline, and relationship courts. And then the messages came through, as always, with, you know, a, a question for contemplation and then a divine guidance on the same side with the beautiful picture. And then when you flip the card over, there's the affirmation from the archangel that it helped you to reaffirm, realign your thought form to what you do want versus what you don't want. Oh, my goodness. I have not seen these cards either, but I know your other deck I absolutely love. So it's like when I saw that you had, like, taken it to, like, another level with the archangels, I was like, oh. Because, you know, we learn, and you are a, a consummate teacher, you know, and I love that you do the gemstone um, article each and every month. And, you know, you, you try and do, do it seasonally. So for St. Patrick's Day, we had a green stone. And, you know, you, you just, you'd like, you know, February, we were working with heart chakra. I mean, you, you just mm-hmm. really, really are a master teacher. And I just, um, I, I love that you're sharing all your gifts. So I know we only have, like, five minutes. So I want you to give all your content contact information like you have a shopping mall where people can order all your products and um and see inside your store inside your 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 website so um and you've changed a lot of that so tell people tell people what all how to find their way to your products and your store and everything else oh thank you yeah so the easiest way is go to thecrystalgarden.com and there you'll see that you can go shopping if you want and you can find inspirational information you can also go to margaretamlembo.com, and on that you'll also find there's an inspiration page, there's webcasts. I even have an academy of the spiritual arts, which is a webcast academy, so you can learn online with me if you can't fly to Florida or don't choose to. At least we can do it online. I'm on YouTube, and I have a, um, really fun little videos on the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash Margaret Ann Limbo. I love my Facebook connections. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, I'm there with you, uh, Twitter. And we have a lot of positive, you know, and I say we now because I have um, a wonderful uh, social media team that helps me make sure that there's lots of positive affirmations and memes. And I have Kate makes my beautiful memes and using my content from my books. That way there's always there's always an avenue for everyone to have positive energy. And so between and then of course, please feel free to buy my books. You better I'm sorry, what? And you know, and, and and everybody should get books and I'll send you some uh I can't believe I didn't get it to you before the interview, Cindy. It's okay. <laughs> Margaret Ann, you were so incredibly busy. I get it. I mean at last month I'm like, Oh, did you see your article and you're like it's 
it's your magazines because I ship to you every single month, and you're like, oh, it's over in the corner where we have the free magazines for people. And I was like, you know what? I thought she submits her articles to so many different magazines because I see I see your articles sometimes <laughs> and other magazines. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I even asked her that because I know how busy you are. I know. No, but I do want to look at that one because that was the one that was a longer article, right? Yes, yes, yes. That was in the April issue, and uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I said it backwards. It was the March issue. The April March issue just issue. arrived today. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like it's. I, I thought it's March 29th, and the April issue hit Chicago like two days ago, and it hit St. Louis. It's like all over, you know. And you should you should like um, have the new April issue. And I love the cover of the April issue. I just have to mention Paul Husenstamp, who does. Um, Mondelez.com, who allowed us to use his artwork on the um, April cover. It's called Ecstasy, and when you see it, you'll understand. It's just like, oh, it's like so perfect for everything that's happening right now. So, oh, my gosh, Margaret Ann, so thank you, thank you, thank you for being my guest. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for being part of Spirit Seeker each and every month. And just thank you from my heart to yours. I just adore you. (laughs) Thank you. I adore you, too. Thank you for everything you do on the planet. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's all good. It's just all good, Margaret Ann. And so, okay, listeners, so remember, it's a podcast, and you can share this. And we know you listen because we get the stats, and we know that you're sharing it. So just continue to share it with your friends and family. Get um, Send us an email, info at spiritseeker.com. We will add you to our list. You'll know when the magazine's online, who the radio show guests are, and all the other wonderful things that are happening on planet Earth at this time. We're, we're living in incredible times, and there's help everywhere. There's connection everywhere. Set the intention, and there it is. So, okay, well, good night, everyone. Margaret Ann, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we need our coffee uh, chat soon. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. Okay. Thank All right. You. I adore you. Okay. I adore All right. You too. Good night, everyone. Okay. All right. Thanks. Much love to everyone. Okay. Good night. <laughs> okay. Bye.